How's it going, guys? Welcome back to the Dad Tired Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Lopes. Join me every Monday as we dive into what it looks like to be men who fall in love with Jesus and help our families do the same. You can learn more about our books, resources, conferences, and even online community by going to dadtired.com. Let's dive into today's episode. All right, guys. Well, welcome back to the Dad Tired Show. Good to be here with you again. Thanks for hanging out. Can I just say how much I miss you guys? This is the longest that we have not had a Dad Tired conference in the last few years. Normally, every couple of weeks or months, I'm out actually doing a Dad Tired conference and meeting you in person, not just sitting here in front of a computer screen in my bedroom, which sounds and is awkward, <laughs> but actually getting to meet you and just hearing how you're like wrestling through life and how God's changing your heart and he's like restoring marriages and he's helping you figure out how to parent and he's parenting your heart as you're parenting your kids' hearts and all the good stuff. Like I just love meeting you face-to-face and hearing all these stories about how God's working. So I miss that, man. I'm looking forward to all this craziness being over so that I can actually like meet you again and hang out with you again and just hear these stories again. I know so many of you guys are like, you're, you're taking this stuff serious and like God's honoring it, dude. Like the fact that you are committed to being the man that God has called you to be, God will honor that. And that's all he asks of you, bro. Like he's not, he's never looked for perfection. He's never looked for like, all right, who's the most holy? Who's got their stuff figured out? I'm going to use them. God has always used broken people, but humble men. Um, And so, bro, that's like, if you're just, just humble yourself enough to say, I don't have this stuff figured out, but I'm committed to being the leader that God has called me to be in my home, uh, bro, you're on the right track. So I miss you. And I miss hearing those stories. If you are like, if you are like committed to being that kind of leader, the, the leader, and, and continuing to press forward toward what God has called you to to be, um, and you just feel like you still could use some help on that, we do have a free book, totally free ebook you can read in one sitting. If you just go to dadtire.com forward slash free book, you can download that free book, and it's 10 practical ways to start pointing your family to Jesus like immediately. So very, very practical. Again, that's free, dadtire.com forward slash free book and you can pick that up. Now, today we have an interview with Cody Carnes, which he wrote tons of, he's a worship leader. His wife is Carrie Job. They've written just so many great songs combined and independently. Um, they've just, they've, they've put out tons of songs that you and I are singing at our churches. Um, but he just, man, the dude has just such a great heart for the Lord. He's doing a great job at parenting his kids and trying to step up as the spiritual leader of his family. So we dive into a lot of that stuff today. Uh, one of his most recent songs that he wrote with his wife, Carrie, the blessing. If you haven't heard it, holy moly. Uh, I was cooking dinner with my wife last night and I just had that song on repeat and trying not to cry. My son came up to me. He's like, what does it mean? What, like, what are they talking about your children and your children's children? And like, what, what does this mean generations? And I was telling him like, God has been good to us. He has saved us. He is saving us. And he, and because of that, now he is saving you and he's pursuing you. And the song is talking about that. It would be the blessing that God saves our family and he saves you and your children and their children and their children and their children for thousands of generations. And it's just, dude, I was, as I'm like explaining this to him, I'm just getting like worked up and choked up. Like, holy cow, this is so beautiful. The thought that God has set aside our families for generations and generations that he's pursuing us uh, for years and years and years, like just takes you out of that mindset of this. is It's not just the here and now. It's not just like, we're not just focusing on surviving today, but we are focused on building legacies that go way beyond our little lives that as the Bible says, we're just a mist here today and then gone. Um, and so we want to create things that are like, we want to be used by God to create things that last for 
legacies for generations, thousands of years to come. Our children's 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 can say, man, I'm so grateful that my grandpa was faithful to the Lord, that he pursued Jesus, that he didn't get in distracted and entangled in dumb stuff, but he he sought after the Lord, and as a result of that, like, look where our life is, look where our families are, uh, and look at the name and the, the heritage, the legacy of our family because of what Grandpa was faithful to. Man, would that be, like, true of all of us? And that day is coming sooner than we all think. Anyway, I'm getting a little too uh, preachy and worked up here. It's just all that to say, Cody and his wife wrote a beautiful song, very, like, it's simple but so profound. Um, it's called The Blessing. I'll play it in the introduction as we get into this interview. If you haven't heard it, um, it's just absolutely beautiful. But anyway, before we dive into that awesome interview, I do want to thank my friends over at Blinkist for sponsoring today's episode. Um, you guys have heard me talk about Blinkist before. They've been a longtime sponsor of our show. I love them. I sincerely have been using them even before they became sponsors of the Dad Tired Podcast. Uh, it's just an app that you can put on your phone or your tablet. You can do it on your computer. Essentially, what they do is they take the best key takeaways from any book. They have thousands and thousands of nonfiction books, and they condense them down into just 15 minutes, which for us as busy dads is just like a game changer because uh, I like to read and consume a lot of information. I'm assuming that if you're listening to this podcast, you like to consume things too, but you don't have time. We don't have time as busy dads and husbands and workers to like sit down and read tons and tons of books. So what they do is they take the, all that information and they consent it condense it down into 15 minutes that you can either read or listen to. I personally like to listen to the books, kind of like audio books. And, uh, and you can just bust through. I'll go through three or four books in a night before bed and just capture a ton of information. Then there's sometimes I'm like, man, that was actually a really good book. That was a good condensed 15 minutes. Why don't I actually pick up the actual audiobook, the long version, and listen to the whole thing? There are a couple really popular books. We've got a lot of authors and speakers who have been on our show in the past who have books on Blinkist. I've mentioned before, but Gary Chapman has his book, The Five Love Languages. I highly recommend that um, for you and just like diving into to that and really helping it strengthen your marriage and figuring out the gifts of your spouse and how she receives and gives love. That's really huge. So that book, The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman, and then also Everybody Always by Bob Goff is on there. And one of my favorite books of the last year is The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer, which uh, is very fitting um, for just a lot of us busy dads. So anyway, with Blinkist, get an unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want, and all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a very special offer for you, our dad tired audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash tired. Try it free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash tired to start your free seven-day trial. With that said... Let's dive in to today's interview with Cody Carnes. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and keep you peace. Cody, super grateful that you decided to hang out with us today, man. For the audience who may not be familiar with you and what you're doing, tell us who you are and what you're up to these days, bro. Man, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, so I am uh, an artist, a musician, songwriter, a worship leader, and uh, I'm a dad. 
and I'm tired. So this is very fitting. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> um, husband, uh, man, what else? <laughs> like all of those things. That's that a lot of things. Yeah, that's a lot of things, man. <laughs> how, how many kids do you have? Two kids. I have a four-year-old boy and a one-year-old boy. Uh, and yeah, so it is, it is a whirlwind in quarantine right now, as I know every, every dad can relate to, it is a whirlwind of uh, all the things happening, trying to work from home and having kids running around. Yeah. Um, if my kids don't interrupt me during this interview, it will be a miracle. Bro. And if they do, they're just like, it will authenticate our podcast, you know, uh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. My wife's a nurse, so she's actually working at the hospital right now. So I'm home with all three of my kids. And for sure, Dude. one of them is bound to barge in the door any second. Well, then I'm not going. I that I'm not going to complain about my life at all. No. considering what you guys <laughs> oh, are no, experiencing man. over there in your household. <laughs> no, dude. One of you's on the front lines, and the other, like, you have kids and everything, man. That's that's yeah. amazing, man. Well, were you in the middle of a tour uh, when this all went down? No, uh, we weren't. We were we were about to start one. Okay. So our tour was supposed to start on May first. Okay. Um, with Hillsong Worship. And, uh, so that's, that's now postponed to August, September. Mm. Hopefully that stays. We don't even, we still don't know, but yeah. we, we made a plan anyway, just in case. Yep. So, but yeah, so we, we, um, weren't on a tour, but we, it, our tour did get postponed still. So yeah. the bummer, man, our whole city, like our whole industry and friends and tour and everything, everybody got shut down. It's yep. been kind of wild. It's crazy, so, man. But at least we're all in it together. You yep. know, the whole world's in it together. So yep. It's funny how like you're isolated, but you actually feel like more connected to the whole world totally. than ever before because literally everybody is in the same boat. Yep. So it's like, all right, well, you know, if, if, if none of us can pay our rent, then none of us can pay our rent. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I saw some you know, lady so. the other day on a, uh, I think it was on Facebook. She was upset because like in our city, they've gone to basically a pass fail for all the kids for the rest of the year. It's like, there's no grading for the rest of the year. It's just you either pass oh. or you fail. And she was really upset because she's like, well, you know, my, my daughter's trying to get into college and she's worked so hard, but I'm like, I think the colleges are going to understand, right? Like, I think yeah. like we're all in this together. You know, I think totally. I, I, it's not like it's just our city that's going through the pandemic. Right. Like, I, I think they're going to be right. flexible here, but yeah. yeah, dude, I know, I know there's, there's some things about it. Like, I, you know, I've been taking walks, I've gone on more walks with my family in the last three weeks than I have, you know, ever. Yeah, same. And it's I'm so just awesome. like, it is awesome. It's like, man, uh, there's parts of this that I'm really going to miss. Like I'm anxious to get back out to yeah. normal life, but there are parts of this I'm going to miss for sure. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, what's beautiful about that is I think that we can take things away from this and, and implement them in the future. Yep. You know, like I hope that we would, like I, I saw, um, uh, you know, Jerry, Jerry Lorenzo, like the, the owner of fear of God brand, you know, he posted something at the beginning of this whole thing that I love. And he, he just pretty much said like, like if we come out of this unchanged, then it, we've actually like, it's, it's, it'll be a detriment to, mm. to us as people. If we, if we go back to life exactly how it was, then we kind of missed the whole point, yep. you know? Yep. And it's so true. It's like, yeah. And everybody keeps saying new normal. And that's an interesting phrase. Cause I'm like, well, yeah, depends on, depends on what you mean by that. It could be a good thing or a bad thing, but, I think if I think about a new normal, I think of it in a good way in the sense that like, well, you know, I do want to implement some of these things I feel like I've gained. And really, I feel like what we've gained is just, uh, just slow down a little bit. Yeah. Like just take that walk with your family, like, like prioritize those things, like prioritize, like prioritize, like meeting with God in your home, 
again. Yeah. Like, man, yeah. like we're doing that as the church. I think it's beautiful that I think God's trying to show us like, this is where my presence should flow out of, mm. you know, it shouldn't just be relied on in the congregational setting. Those are beautiful settings and we will get back to those settings and it will be amazing. But if, if that should be an overflow of what's happening in our home, you yeah. know, and, and I think God's just reestablishing some things, you know, I feel like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not like a, like a earthy, like, like whatever hippie person, you know, whatever, or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. But I look outside and I'm like, I feel like the earth is healing. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, I, I can't believe I'm saying that, you know, yep. sounds so weird. No, no, but I, I literally feel like God's like showing me. I'm like, I walk outside. I'm like, everything feels like the earth feels like it's just like breathing better and like yep. it's quiet and it's, I don't know, man, it's, it's crazy. I think, um, what might come out of this that is good? What might come out of this that actually does make our world better? You know, I, totally. I don't know. No, it's, I totally. I, the other well, day, I, t- I looked out the window. I was sitting actually on the balcony, uh, and I told Layla, my wife, I'm like, "Does I am I going like weird, or is the sky just like look bluer? Like the sky just yes. seems super blue." Dude, uh, it could just so be true, that I'm just man. stuck inside. But no, I agree with you, man. Like everything Which is just I, like I settling just, into a rest. Yeah. It totally is. And I did see some cool, like, I did see a cool statistic on that the other day, like they were saying about, um, you know, like, so one week of one week of shutdown and like adding up all of the factories that like pollute the air, like in one week of shutdown, they were like, they were saying like it would elongate, you know, the, I don't know, something by like 50 years or mm. it would add like some kind of like, but so I don't know if that's true or not. But it, the principle made me think, though. I'm like, man, like think about how much is just being cleaned right now because right. we're not just like pumping it. Yep. I don't know how we got on this whole weird like earthy conversation. <laughs> no, different but, podcast. <laughs> uh, I think from a from a spiritual standpoint, like I feel like I feel like God is is like I feel like He's showing me that like there's just things that are resting right now that haven't in a long time, and I think culture as a whole, like we've been on this speeding train going downhill. And you can't stop and you can't keep up. And if you feel like you, if you feel like you stop, then you look on Instagram and you're comparing yourself to other people and they're not stopping, or at least they're, at least what they're showing you makes it look like they're not stopping. So it's this perpetual like rat race that we've been living in. And it's, it's actually kind of, I think, hopefully teaching our culture, like we don't have to live like that. Like we can live prioritizing time with our family, prioritizing time with God, living just in our kind of in our own little world a bit more than we normally do, you know? Yep. And I I hope that comes out. It comes out of it that way. I do too, man. I think there's some much deeper things happening than we even realize, like on a soul level, I think there's like some deep stuff happening and, and and you're right. I I hope that that's stuff that like is getting burned deep into our subconscious. That's just like moves on past this whole thing. Yes. Um, Interesting, funny story, dude. I uh, I often go around the country speaking, and so I went to an event uh, out in Cincinnati, and I brought my wife with me. And I go to go to the event, and I knock on the door, or not, I, I go to open the door to like the venue, and it's locked. And I'm like, "What the heck? Like, where is everybody? You know, like I showed up like five minutes before the thing started." Uh, turns out, long story short. I flew us out there a week early. Like I, I had the wrong date. 
Uh, so I, we were oh, just no. in Cincinnati and to total, like, it was just empty. You know, there's nobody there. I'm like, what the heck? So we turned Whoa. it into like a date weekend. It actually turned out to be awesome. And just, I love spent, Cincinnati, man. Yeah, it's a good place yeah, to it was a cool, that. it was a cool city. We had never been there. And so we spent some time, just my wife and I just reconnecting like as husband and wife, which we hadn't done in a really long time in that way. And so, uh, one of, one of the days though, that we were there, um, we, I, I don't remember how I came across one of your songs or like it was a YouTube video of one of your songs or something. And I had never heard it. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm totally going to blank out on the name. I'm caught up in your presence. Uh, yeah, nothing else. Nothing else. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I came across the song and I just played it and dude, I just started like the Holy spirit just like hit me out of nowhere. Oh. Like wasn't expecting this. We were just like, where are we going to go eat lunch? You know? And then I just, yeah, the, God just used that song, man. And I, and I think my wife was in the bathroom, like, babe, you got to listen to this song. So she came out after she was done getting ready. And same thing, dude, she was just like, we literally just sat there like with tears in our eyes. And I'm like, I don't, dude. I just need to like pray for my wife right now. I don't even know like what's happening, but I just need to like connect with my dude. wife, pray for her, pray for like our future and what God has for us. And so literally, bro, like it just for like 15, 20 minutes, just sat with my wife and we cried and we prayed together and we dreamt about the future. And God really used your song as a way to like mm-hmm. propel us into that really beautiful moment, man. man. So I just felt like, That's yeah, dude, I just want to say thanks for that, man. And, and being oh. used by God to point a lot of people to Jesus. My kids are singing that song all the time now and. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm curious, man. man. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, like your upbringing, did you, did you grow up in a Christian family? Like what was your upbringing? Like, what was your dad like growing up? How did you get to where you are now? Yeah, my upbringing was, so I grew up in like kind of a broken family. Like my parents got divorced when I was three. Yeah, me too. And so I don't, I don't even like hold a memory of them Mm. together, like married, you know? Mm. And, um, but I had two parents that loved me very much and took really, like really great care of me. I had a great relationship with both parents. Mm. And, uh, and so I, I, they both, they both for the most part lived in the same like town for the most of my childhood. So like, it was just kind of a back and forth thing, but I was, I was very like connected with both of them. But, um, yeah. And I grew up in a small town in West Texas. I grew up in like, you know, just if you've seen the TV show Friday Night Lights, like mm-hmm. that's where I grew up. Just all about like football and like small town and like good, good down home country people. And, um, you know, I was in a little small church there growing up. And so, yeah, I um, just kind of grew up in an environment where I was I didn't grow up in church. I, I loved church as a kid. Like I loved all my friends were from church. And and so I, I just kind of grew up like uh in church and also I grew up playing music. So my dad was a professional musician. And then, so like, I was just ingrained in music from the beginning. Mm. And that was like my hobby always, like I was always into it, always wanted to do something with it. And then when I started, I started leading worship when I was like around 13 or 14 and in uh, church for my youth group. And so then just kind of, you know, like that's how I got involved in everything. That's how I like fell in love with the, the intersection of music and the presence of God, you know, and leading people to the presence of God, you know, but, um, yeah, man, like my, uh, I just, I kind of grew up in an environment where like, you know, religion and like Jesus and Christianity was like, so culturally normal. Yeah. And which was so, it's such an interesting journey because, you know, if you grow up that way and, and on one hand, it's really good, because you, like, it's just, everybody kind of goes to church and, and, you know, there's good fruit that comes out of people's lives when they just 
when they're communal, when they come together and when they believe in the hope of Jesus and, you know, that kind of thing. And then it also has some negative effects where you can kind of go to church and not really like have an actual relationship with God. Right. And that's a very common thing. That's a very, like, you have a lot of people that just go to church on Sunday morning because that's just what they do, but there's no real fruit of like actual authentic relationship with Jesus. Right. And it, it can actually be a negative thing because some people are hurt by Christians because they're not actually, you know what I mean? They're yeah. not actually like producing fruit of love and, and grace and joy and peace and kindness. They're, they're, they're say they're Christians, but they're, you know, so that kind of culture is what I grew up in. And I remember just being on this journey of having to really find, you know, why do I believe this? Like, what do I, you know, why do I believe in Jesus? Why do I believe that he's real? Like, what have I seen? And, and, you know, and that's kind of over the last 10 years is where the songs have come out of, you know, the songs, even for this new album that I've released, the songs have all come out of encounters with God. So, um, you know, it's all very real, like moments I've had with God and, and seeing him be real in my life, seeing him do things that he only he can do and hearing him speak things to me and hearing him just affirm and pour in wisdom and just, you know, uh, so, yeah, I'm thankful for where I grew up. I'm thankful, even my family being broken, like broken home, divorced parents, like, I think it actually, obviously, I would love for them to be together. That would be right, amazing. But right. I think it actually produced something in me that this a little bit more of this resilience, a little bit more of this, like, um, dependency on God, even, especially. Yeah. And I think that actually is a good thing for me now. Yeah. Um, so was that sk- 10 years ago when you were like, what do I actually believe? Why do I believe it? You started asking yourself those questions. Was that scary for you to, to an- ask those questions of yourself? No, because it wasn't, it wasn't like I was asking them, like I was doubting, like, well, well, doubt, I, don't, I don't think doubt is a bad thing. I think, I think doubt is a doubt just means you're asking, you're asking God questions mm-hmm. that he can answer, which is awesome. Right. Like David, David has David has questions all through the Psalms and it leads into a deeper relationship with Jesus. So it's good to ask questions, but I was never asking them in like a faithless way. I was never asking them of like, I was never like jaded or bitter and like asking them. It was more so like, I was just like, I felt this need to have, to know what my foundation was. Like I felt this need if somebody, somebody were to ask me why I believe this, like, what am I going to say? You know, it was almost like this. I need like, why, why do I believe this? You know, because it's almost like I had seen that it was real. Like I had seen in my life that I knew enough to know I'd experienced enough to know that Jesus was real and that like the gospel was such good news. Like my goodness, why wouldn't you believe it? Like mm-hmm. literally God, God gave himself for you to give you hope in a future. Like, why would you not believe that? Like, that's right. like, like awesome. You know <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And, uh, but I, so I knew enough of that, but I think it was more so like, separating myself from you know just what you grew up your parents and your grandparents knowing what kind of what you grew up culturally versus what you grew up actually having real moments with jesus for your life you know and so it was more so just like a searching but almost like a treasure hunt almost like a like i want to know this for myself like you know what i mean i don't i don't want to just recite things that i've heard i want to have real encounters with with you jesus Mm. you know and I think that's a, I think every person comes to that point. You know, if you've grown up in church, maybe even if you've grown up in church, you come to that point where you're like, I got, I want to know this for myself. Right. Or if you don't grow up in church, you usually probably just have a, such a massive encounter with God at one moment in your life 
but that you, you start your relationship off with God in a very real way because right. you didn't grow up that way. But for me, it wasn't like that. For me, it was, I knew all the right things. I knew all the Sunday school answers growing up, but, but finding it for myself was like, an, has been an amazing journey over mm. the last, you know, 15 years. I hope you guys are enjoying today's episode with Cody. I know that it's already blessed me and pointed me closer to Jesus. I just want to take a quick pause and thank my friends over at Republic Wireless for sponsoring this episode. I love Republic Wireless. They are very family oriented. They're thinking through the whole family when they've created their wireless service. Um, They have perfect entry level phone plans for everyone, whether you've got young kids. I use them from our young kids all the way up to you personally. If you're just being uh, trying to be more budget conscious and not pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars for a cell phone plan, uh, then Republic Wireless is going to be the way you want to go. They have devices, like I said, that my kids use even at young age. They don't have cell phones, but they have what's called a relay, a way that I can continue to talk to my kids without them having a smartphone or internet connection, but we can still give them a little bit of flexibility. They can go on a walk or play at the park and we can still get a hold of them without, again, having a cell phone or screens. But maybe you've got some preteens or teenagers that you're thinking about. Maybe we can introduce internet or smartphones to them, uh, but you just want to get them more responsible and familiar with that. They've got plans really for everyone that are going to allow you to do that. Again, they're very budget conscious, so you can reduce your expenses. If you feel like you're paying way too much money for your wireless service, definitely check out Republic Wireless. They're going to hook you up with some great deals. Right now, they have actually $40 off if you switch your service over to them. Um, and they're, again, that you can find all kinds of great phones and services that are going to fit your budget and make sense for your family. I really love what they're doing. I'm a big, big fan of Republic Wireless. So the way you can get more information about them is to go to republicwireless.com forward slash dad tired. You'll see all kinds of things on there, information that's going to help you, again, save money and help introduce your family responsibly to cell phones. Again, that's republicwireless.com forward slash dad tired to get a $40 off when you switch service. Mm. Well, you can tell your songs come out of like that really rich, just wrestling through all that stuff. It's good stuff, man. Mm. It's, it's that, that just like bleeds through your music. Um, one thing for me as a, when I was a kid, I remember thinking like, you know, my dad also wasn't around. Or my my parents separated. They actually were never married, but they separated when I was three. And my dad wasn't mm-hmm. really around. He loved me dearly, but he just wasn't around. And mm-hmm. um, and I remember thinking as a kid, like, man, I can't wait to be a husband and dad one day. Like, I'm gonna crush it at both of those things. And I think a lot mm-hmm. of that was just wanting to be the kind of man that was never really around in my life. But I'm curious, like. Did your dad, was he intentional about teaching you to be a husband and father, even though they were divorced? And like, I guess, how did that play out once you got married? Like, yeah, were you, were you as good um, of a husband and father as you thought you would be, if you thought you would be? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so my, my relationship with my dad was interesting because like, he was amazing. He was amazing at the things that he was amazing at. Mm. And, and it wasn't like he was bad. He wasn't even necessarily like he was like bad at certain things it was more so like he just didn't even have a concept for how to lead in certain areas that makes sense yeah so it's almost like i don't even actually resent him for anything that he didn't do because because everything he did do he did with like his full heart and i had no question that he loved me and you know that that kind of thing but i think as a spiritual leader and as a like a, a role model for a husband so 
a role model for a father. Yes. He, I take a lot of things that I learned from him. Mm. He did a lot of really great things, you know? So I learned a lot from him as a father, as a husband. No, I never got to see that. I never. And, and he was actually in and out of like dating relationships, my whole childhood. So Mm. I never got to see a healthy, a healthy husband um, role model from him. I, I pick up, I've picked up on that from church people, like Mm. from people, community that I've been involved in now, especially the last 10 years, 15 years, just watching other men be great husbands, watching other pastors and people that I'm close with and friends. And, you know, I've just gained a lot from that. And I kind of had to for that in that regard. And, um, you know, and that's also like, I mean, that I also have this relationship with God as a father you know, my album is called run to the father, you know, mm-hmm. I have a song in there called run to the father. That's just about how good of a father God is. And that mm-hmm. comes from a real, I have a real relationship with God as a father across my whole life. It's almost like, it's like the relationship with God. I'd never had to pine for. I never mm-hmm. had to dig for. I never, I didn't even ever have to ask for mm-hmm. because I can remember before I even knew to ask for it. Like I remember being, you know, 12, 13 and, uh, I was really passionate about music and I was really passionate about like leading worship. And I remember just starting to do that. And I remember asking God to speak to me what he wanted to say. And he would, he would give me like songs. He would give me scriptures to share when I would lead worship, you know, stuff like wow. that. And, and I'll be like, okay. And then I would go, I would go lead worship and I would, I would share what he, I felt like he told me to share. And I would get off stage and I would literally hear the voice of God, the father say, I'm so proud of you. Mm. You did exactly what I asked you to do. And I'm, I'm just so proud of you. I remember getting like affirmation from God as a father early on. And my, my father also did that. My real dad also did that. Mm. But I remember, de- I remember developing this relationship with God as a father, just knowing what that voice sounded like. Mm. And it was always a voice. I think God, the father's voice is always a voice of, of affirmation. It's always a voice of wisdom. It's always a voice of like, of like comfort like when you're when you're scared you know when you're when you're afraid it's this voice of i got you so you know god is a father like even as i've been a husband and a and i've been a husband now for for five years almost six years and a a dad for about you know for four years um i i literally will hear just god just give me wisdom on things that i shouldn't know Mm. like i because of how i grew up i shouldn't know how to navigate some situations that I have. Now I don't not saying I get every situation perfect. I mess up a lot of things, but there's so there's situations that like I'll have wisdom for that I think about after the fact. And I'm like, how did I know how to do that? I never saw that modeled. I never saw. Right. And it's literally just through the Holy spirit, the father, like giving wisdom, you know, and, do you have any examples man. that come to mind as you think about that? Like times where you're like, Holy cow, that I don't even know where that came from. That was wiser than I thought <laughs> I, could, I had in me. It's hard to put <laughs> you on the this spot. Podcast, I, don't, I don't ever talk about this stuff. Cause this is obviously this is a dad podcast. So, yeah. But yeah, like I'm literally like, I'm gonna cry. So I had this moment where, um, uh, this is probably six months ago or something. So now and mm-hmm. I remember Canyon, so our oldest son, Canyon, he was having a rough night of sleep one night. Like, I don't know if he's having a bad dream or what. And uh, so I, I went into his room, you know, middle of the night and I uh, went to his room and I just laid down in the bed with him. And it was weird. Like he never woke up. Like he, you know, it was like he was having a bad dream and mm. it's never like he woke up and realized I was in the bed. He just, he was still asleep. 
but I went and laid down down in the bed with him and just kind of put my arm around him. And he like immediately calmed down, mm. like immediately calmed down, went back to sleep. Like, and so I was like, wow, like that, that's crazy how like the presence of a father can just mm. calm the fear can, 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 can tell your, it's like his spirit, his little spirit, his little yeah. soul knew yeah. my dad's here. I'm good. Yep. And so I, you know, I remember having that moment, but what's crazy. So I'm laying there and I, and I was kind of, it was like three in the morning. So I'm like, I'll probably just fall asleep right here with him. I, you know, I'll just sleep right here with him for the rest of the night, you know? Yeah. And so I'm laying there and I'm like, trying to go to sleep, have my arm around him. And it's like in my, in my mind, I like saw this vision of, it's like almost like the, I saw the scene of me and Canyon laying there, like almost as if I was zooming out and looking down on it. I saw the, I saw the scene of me and Canyon laying there and it was like, and then, so I was laying with my, my back and my arm, you know, my back, mm-hmm. my arms over Canyon. And so I'm laying on my side. Mm-hmm. And then I, it's almost like I saw God, the father laying behind me mm. with his arm around me. Mm. And I remember having this moment. And at that, at that time in my life, I was super stressed about a lot of stuff. Mm. Like I was just stressed and worried and, you know, had all this stuff going on, juggling all these things. And I remember seeing that vision and just like realizing the same thing that I'm doing for Canyon right now, like God's doing for me, Wow. you know? And like, I can, I can just trust. I can just, I'm at, at the end of the day, I'm still like, I'm still a kid and yeah. you know, yep. like I'm a grown man, but at the end of the day, like I'm still a child yep. to God. Like, I'm still a child that, that is so dependent yep. on God and God doesn't want me to not be dependent. He wants that, you know? So there's just been times like that. And there'll just be times in parenting too. Like, you know, in things that I conversations I have with Carrie or just just there's all little moments all the time of just like having a conversation and feeling the Holy Spirit, you know, just kind of say like, hey, like don't say that right now. Or yeah. you know, hey, like actually you should you should do this or you should, you know, you should handle this situation a certain way. And like I said, sometimes I kind of blaze by that and I don't do it. And then I realize, oh that was stupid. But the times that I've heeded that little voice, that little advice, that, that advice of wisdom, um, I've always realized like, oh yeah, that's like, that'd be the same as some legend of a father, a legend of a husband sitting down at the table with me at breakfast and saying, this is what you should do in this situation. It's yep. like the same kind of wisdom. Yep. It's the same kind of thing. And and I do have those people in my life and they help a ton. And um, if I can't hear God, if I feel like I can't hear God on something, I'll go to them, I'll call them, you know? And that helps so much, but there's a lot of times when I don't necessarily need to, because I feel like I just, I have this wisdom and I hear this thing and I realize like, it's, it's good. It's, it's yeah, good dude. from God, you know? Yeah. That's so. beautiful, bro. I, uh, the other night, my son was, he, we just had a rough parenting day, like all day was just stressful. You know, it was just constant kind of talking back and disobedience and just rough day. And it ended, the night like ended poorly behavior wise and just us kind of butting heads. And I remember just feeling my anger, like my frustration building up, building up, building up. And for whatever reason, um, you know, I I think it was just the Holy Spirit reminding me like, just calm, like be calm, don't talk right now. And I just felt this like presence that was really felt beyond myself that just felt me like prompting me to like go over and rub his back. And as he was falling asleep, he's eight, almost nine. And, uh, and so I went over there and I just rubbed his back. I didn't say a word and I just kissed him on the head and I said, good night, buddy. I love you. And I went to bed and that was the end of it. And the next day as we were going to bed, my wife passed by his room and saw him crying. Mm. 
And so she goes in there and she's like, what's going on, buddy? And, she, and he said, she, he said, uh, yesterday I was just being so disobedient and daddy rubbed my back and kissed my head and said he loved me. And I was just feeling like, I can't believe that daddy still loves me even when I'm doing the wrong thing. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, bro. <laughs> uh, and that was only the grace of God, dude. Cause I didn't, that was the last thing yeah. I wanted to do in that moment. But I just really felt the, yeah. like something pressing me to do that. And, uh, and it just gave him a glimpse of a better father than me, you know, right. um, by God's grace. So anyway, dude, I think right. it's I was, so. I was going to say, like, yeah. think about that's what God does with us. Right. You know, right. I oftentimes when Canyon's like throwing a fit and having those moments, I oftentimes will see myself in him. Like I'll see myself mm. like, Oh wow. I do this with yep, God. Yep. Like I have these, and I've even started kind of telling, I've even kind of started kind of explaining to Canyon, like, like, cause if, you know, disobedience leads to discipline, you know? And like, so I don't, I, I try to explain it. Like, I don't like, I don't enjoy disciplining you. I don't enjoy like how that feels, you know, but but I feel like, you know, that that's my job as a dad. Like, I love you. And I have, to, I'm, I'm just trying to teach you that there are consequences, you know, yep. trying to explain to a four-year-old, trying to just instill those little things. But then, I, but then I've even started telling him, like, do you know that? So God is our father too, you know? And do you know that when dad is disobedient, like God has to discipline him. Yep. Like God has to discipline me. I have to, like, I go to these and it, like, it'll make Canyon laugh because he'll think about me like getting disciplined, you know, but I'm trying to like even explain to him, like there's consequences for my actions too. Like there's consequences for my disobedience. It's not that God's mean. It's actually just that that's just, you know, disobedience leads to dis. you know, uh, what am I trying to say? Disobedience yeah, no, I <laughs> leads to it. discipline, Yep, leads to discipline, yep. you know? Yep. And so it's even trying to explain like there are parallels in this relationship, you know, and that, but that goes across the board. At the same time, like my response to to him and grace is the same response that I have, you know, that, that the God, the father has for me. And, yeah. and I'm same way you did, like, that's so great. And I'm trying to constantly remember that and constantly trying to mirror what, how does God react to me when I'm freaking out yeah. and how, so how do, you know, and it's usually like that. It's usually, it's usually a calm that says, God knows the end from the beginning and he knows whatever I'm stressed about in that moment, it isn't, it isn't anything to worry about, but he's going to let me feel it. He's going to let me have the emotions. He's going to let me work through it. But at the end of the day, he's just going to rub my back and tell me he loves me and yep. be like, it is going to be okay. Yep. You know? So yeah, I want to mirror that as much as I can, yep. you know, to my kids. And it also gives you awareness of how God is with you. Like you don't even realize, right. You may not even realize that God is doing that with you until you, until you see you, your relationship with your son replicate that. And then it teaches you about God. It's like, Oh, you do this with me. Wow. Like how good of a, how good of a father you are. You know, For sure. I mean, I think we take so much responsibility. Like we we're really, you know, we bear a lot of weight trying to raise our kids, but most definitely God is using our kids to help shape us. <laughs> this is a, this is definitely not a one-sided relationship where they're the only ones Absolutely. learning. We are most definitely learning as a result of what he's teaching us through them. Um, yeah. Going to like your into your marriage, it's interesting because you are in a pretty unique situation where both you and your wife share a spotlight, um, some pretty big spotlights. Like, how has that affected your marriage? Do you guys do you feel like there's that 
that pressure is hard? Does it help like hold some kind of level of accountability or is it like, man, sometimes I just wish mm. nobody knew our names? Uh, mm. you know, like what is, what is that like? Yeah, it has all those things. It has all those moments. It's, it's a roller coaster ride and, and, you know, in the best way it is, but it, it's definitely has its ups and its downs and its challenges. And, you know, I think, um, what we love about it is that we love that we get to do it together. Yeah. We love that we're, we're both called to the same thing. And we, we were both called to do this before we got married, you know? So yeah. the fact that we get to be married and we get to share in our callings together and they are so similar that that's a really beautiful thing. And we, we love that aspect of it. And we also love that, you know, God is, it's, 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 it's amazing for anyone. Like it's amazing to be used by God to do something to help people. And, hmm. and right now we're living in our, our lives, it, you know, we're, we're, we're being used by God to bring songs to the church that help people. And that's like, that's an unbelievable gift that we, we, we try not to take for granted ever, you know? Yeah. And then it does have its moments where, yeah, like you say, I, I wish nobody knew who we were like, yeah, there's times when, you know, that is the case. And there's times when we just kind of have to, we, we want to like just turn it off, you know? And I think, I think the challenges it does bring up for us is like, we really have to balance and we're, we're so not good at this yet. We've been at this for five years now and we're still figuring this out, but we have to like balance how do we separate work and our relationship just as a husband and wife, yeah. you know, and it's so hard because we work together and there's, there's so, there's always a laundry list of things to do always. Like, I think we always kind of get this whimsical thought that, okay, if we just get this done, then we'll be able to like, <laughs> yeah. we'll, then like, we'll be done. We'll be able to turn it out. It's like, not everyone no. knows like, that's, not, that's never the case. Right. There's always something else. And so we're still having to learn this, that balance of like, you know, I know we have a ton of to do's right now, but can we just turn this off for now? Can we, you know, and that's, that's, that's probably the most challenging thing that we face is just how to, how to balance like the work and the family and the relationship. And, um, you know, we're still learning how to like implement certain routines and certain consistent things like what's important to us, you know, is it, what's important to us to implement to our family that's consistent, what the things that we always stick to and things that we don't compromise on. Um, you know, for right for now, I think that for us is like, we're, it's funny. Like we, we kind of never, well, our kids are so small that we never really had to, but we kind of never did family dinner at the table. Yeah. We kind of, you know, up to this point, it's been like babies. And so we're just, right. we're eating dinner when we can, we're usually like putting the babies to bed and, and then eating dinner, cooking right. dinner for ourselves. And, you know, so that, but, but dinner at the table with a four-year-old now, it's like, it's kind of becoming more of a thing. Like when we're, when we love that, like when we get to do that at home, we love that. And that's, there's certain things we're establishing that like those kind of things that what's important to us, what are we, what's going to be the consistencies for our kids that they know that nothing can kind of implement in mm. like invade this time, you know? And, mm. but uh, man, I mean, I look at what God's done bringing us together and the, just, you know, we couldn't, the way that we can't, the way that we got together, just the whole story is like crazy, just um, God ordained, you know, like God's hand all over it. So I just look at that and say, okay, God, like you did this. And this is like, I'm just so thankful that, that, that I'm just a part of something that you're doing, you know? Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, we're, we're doing it more together now than we ever have, like, especially with this, this new song, the blessing, like, you know, we're just doing it. We're doing things together uh, more and more all the time instead of these two separate artists kind of thing. We're we're getting to do things things together and 
bring on interviews together and things like that, which is fun. You know, that helps the workload a little bit. Right. Kind of merges the two things. Right. Know? Yeah, um, but like right now, she's she's in another room doing an interview, and I'm doing one with you. So, <laughs> and uh, and we have a we have a person helping with our kids. You know? Yeah. So it's like, and that's just that's such uh, an interesting. Of it yeah, it's such an interesting. Like I w- I was talking to Matthew West a couple weeks ago. He was on the show and uh, talking about how like. You know, there's nothing worse than like getting in a fight with your spouse, like moments before you're supposed to go on a stage or, you know, go lead people oh, in worship. You know, it's like, yeah. And it just always reminded, like, that'll happen to, I, I obviously don't have the stages that size of stage that you guys are sharing, but, uh, are, you know, performing on. But there are times I'm about to teach or preach at a church and, you know, my wife and I get in a fight. There's just nothing worse than that. Oh, yeah. And, and, and that's I, usually when it happens. Exactly. Too. Exactly. And that's I, usually when it happens. And I'm even thinking of the guys who, you know, they, they don't, they don't have any, you know, big stages that they're performing on, but even just feeling like they can't get, they want to do, they want to volunteer at church or they want to go to church or they want to like implement like yeah. praying with your wife or doing a Bible study or whatever. And then all of a sudden it's just like, well, I can't even get my own darn marriage to like get put together. You know, how yeah. am I going to go lead anything? And just a reminder for me, like God just doesn't care about any stage. Like it just, whether mm-hmm. it's for a one person or five people or 5,000 people, like he's just so concerned about us and our character, our character and our you know, making us more like him and he'll use whatever, like God just doesn't care that you're about to go perform for a bunch of people or go try to lead this right. Bible study. Like he just really wants you to like get after your heart and and figure out what's going on there. So hopefully that's yeah, encouragement totally. to most guys. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think a lot of times that's just, I know for us, especially like we know we, we've been able to recognize when it's just like warfare too, when it's yeah. just spiritual. Yep. Like it's just kind of like spiritual distraction yep. because usually when you're fighting about things, it's so stupid. And like, yep. after you look back, you're like, why were we even fighting about that? And you're like, well, there must've been some other thing at play to try to get us to be thrown off our game or distracted and, and like all that kind of stuff. And man, it's like, I think, I think we're trying to get good at recognizing that we're trying to get good at like, wait a second. Why are, why are we even fighting? Like, yep. What? Like, there's no reason to fight. Let's pray. Like, I love you. I'm, I'm with you. We're on the same, we Carrie and I say this a lot. We're on the same team. You know, yep. like we're on the same team. Yep. And, and it's like that, that often will kill, you know, some of the, some of the issue, you know, there's still like lingering frustration sometimes. And I think that's okay. That's just emotions. Like emotions sometimes take time to just die down, you know, but at least the root of the problem, we realize like, yeah, this is dumb. We shouldn't, we actually shouldn't be fighting. Like this is, this is stupid. This is some, this is some other, this is like the enemy trying to just attack us and trying to distract us from what we're about to do. And, um, and even oftentimes that gives us a good kind of gauge on what we're about to do is very significant. You know, what we're about to step into is must be significant and must be. And so at least for us as worship leaders, and I think it could apply to anything in life that you're doing. I think when we recognize that there's those tensions and attacks, it even gives us a, like a, like a deeper tenacity to do what we're actually doing. You know mm, what I mean? Like yeah. for at least for us as worship leaders, it's like, it gives us like, if we, if, if we get stirred up about something, we feel this kind of like spiritual oppression in it. And before we go about to lead worship, I think when I get out on that worship, I'm, I may even still be frustrated about it, but in the middle of worship, I'll find myself like, like feel like, like I'm like kicking the enemy in his teeth. You know mm, what I mean? It's like, yeah. okay. You know, it kind of, it does bring this like, tenacity to it sometimes and so it's okay i think i think it's okay it's part of the it's part of just the the battle that we're in and and, and the enemy trying to like get us off our game and yeah distract us from things but yeah it's natural man like you're gonna have those those arguments and those tips and those disagreements and you know always just coming back to that moment 
where you're just like, Hey, I love you. We're on the same team. You know, I think, I think guys, like for anyone listening, that very simple, but like huge piece of wisdom that you just shared that, that will be one of the most powerful lines that you can drop, uh, in marriage. And it is, uh, we're on the same team. I love you. And we're Mm. on the same team. Uh, that, Mm. that, like that one line can diffuse Mm. so much tension and, um, just at at the root of all of our fighting is like a self-defense mechanism, right? Like I'm angry, I'm sad, I feel scared, whatever it is. And so I'm going to like, just, I'm going to fight to like protect myself. And so when somebody says we're on the same team, it just breaks down so many walls, um, like mm-hmm. you were saying earlier, like you feel like a kid, we're still kids in many ways. We're just still kids. Uh, and we're, <laughs> yeah. and we're scared, dude, even as grown yeah, men. Totally. Right. And so totally. our wife can say something that makes us scared or mad or frustrated or whatever, but to say we're on the same team, it kind of just brings us back to like a little kid, like, okay, I'm safe. Like th- this is a safe yeah. person. It's a huge, uh, that's a little bit of Brene Brown talk, but that is, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's true, man. I think there's it a lot totally of wisdom is. in there. Um, all right, man. Well, for before I let you go, I, I'd love to just like hear what final words of encouragement would you have for a dude that's just like, man, I'm tired. I'm trying to do this thing well. I want to be a husband and dad. I didn't have anyone teaching me this kind of stuff, but I, I want to step into like being a good husband and dad that points his family to Jesus. What would you tell that guy? Yeah. Well, I'd say you're doing better than you think you are. That's for sure. Mm. And you know, you're um, what you're doing matters. Like. I, I feel like um, the, the, the thing that I care to steward the best in my life is being a father and husband, mm. like more than any platform, more than, I'm, more than any like success in career or whatever. Like I care because I, I feel like I can see at the end of my life, I feel like I can see myself at the end of my life looking ahead and like, seeing a legacy and I feel like I can see like I feel like I can see myself with my kids like if this sounds it's like morbid like I, I don't want to say this because it's so morbid but it's like almost like on my deathbed but I mm. what I mean is like I feel like I can see myself when I know that I've lived my life and I know that like I did everything I could do I see myself with like my kids and having an amazing relationship with them at that point and I see myself completely heartwarmed, fulfilled because my relationship with my family, Mm. I knew that I gave it everything I had. And I knew that I, I knew that they, I knew that they know I love them. They know, like I did everything, you know what I mean? Like they know that I was involved. I cared, you know, I was there. And that to me is the goal, like to be in that place at the end of my life and go, thank God I gave it, I gave it off my family. Thank God I led them to Jesus. Thank God that I, poured out my life for them and and loved them and, you know, and was a good father and was there and was invested and, you know, that I didn't just phone it in. And to me, man, if, if that, if, if relationship with my wife and with my kids outweighs the awards and the successes, then I'm going to be just fine. (laughs) Like I'm going to be just fine. Cause, cause I, you know, you've seen the other way you've seen the guys that have gone all in for awards and successes and they get all that, but they lose the family and the beauty of their life, man they realize like that I lost it all. Like it doesn't even matter, you know? So I'd say like what you're doing is important and, and invest. You, you will, you will not regret investing more than you feel like you even can in your family, more than you feel like you even can in your kids. Like take that extra time 
to like take that extra time to read that book before bed like take when you feel like you have no energy and you're like oh i can't even do it like take that extra time to pray take that extra time to look your kids in their eyes and tell them you love them and and you know i somebody a pastor friend of mine recently told me one of the greatest pieces of wisdom i think i'll ever get as a father because i came to him and i said man i'm really struggling because i feel like i, I feel like my career because because it's becoming like I guess, quote unquote, more successful, whatever it's, it's, it's leading me into, it's, it's taking up more of my time. It's demanding more of my time. And I said, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that songs and and music is doing, you know, doing things that I've dreamed of, but I'm also like kind of worried about what, what more demand of my time is going to do to my relationship with my kids, my routine, you know? Mm. And he told me, he said, and he, he, he has three very amazing kids. They're, they're like 17, 14 and 12, I think. Mm. Um, and so he, you know, he's got, he's kind of, he's ahead of me in that way. And I said, he said, you know, your kids will, you'll, your kids will look back on their childhood and they will measure moments, not minutes. Mm. And he's like, he's like, take every chance you get. It doesn't even matter if you don't, if, if you have to go away for two weeks and you come back, you know, that's two, you, you could think of it like that's two weeks worth of minutes that I lost, or you could come back and create a moment with your kids mm. before you leave. You could create a moment with your kids. Like every chance you get, create a moment, you know, create a memory, create something that they're going to look back on. He's like, you know, recently I went, I had to go to London for work and last minute I like called, you know, he called his pastor, like his, his oversight, his boss and said, Hey, I know I've been going on this trip. I really feel like I need to take my daughter with me. You know, is that okay? We're just in a place in our relationship right now. I feel like this is like, that. you know, we have to do this. And, and, he, and it, he, he got approved. He's like, yeah, please take her. Mm. And he said, we were only there for two days, but literally like that two days changed everything mm. because it created a moment, you know, and she's 17 years old. So going to London and getting to shop and yep. doing the things that like a 17 year old daughter would love to do with her dad. And she's like, he's like, we created a moment. And he's like, literally that just, that, that invested so much in her in a short, short amount of time. Yep. So he was like, don't worry about time. Steward it well, but don't, don't worry that you're losing anything. Just be intentional when you have it, you know? So I'd say just, if you're doing that, then you're, you're doing, you're doing well, you mm-hmm. know, and raising kids matters. Like stewarding humans matters. Yep. They, they're going to grow into you know, it doesn't matter if like your influence of two or three kids, you may think that's a small influence in the scope of the world. It's not because your kids are going to go on to be, to be people that, that lead other people to Jesus, to be people that advance the kingdom of God, to be people that are leaders. You don't know what you're, I mean, your kids are going to go on to do and the influence that they, that they'll have in the relationships and the good, they're going to be good fathers and, 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 and mothers and husbands and wives, you know, that's important. If we're all, raising up a generation like that, then our world's going to be a better place. So what you're doing right now in your home, it matters. And don't, don't stress about it. Just, just be as loving and as intentional as you can do, do the best you can do and know that, that, that you're approved and you're loved by God. Mm. And um, yeah. 
That's an encouraging word, man. I appreciate you sharing that. And and it's not morbid at all, dude. I think that that's such an important <laughs> thing to like stay yeah. in tune with that reality because it's that reality, that picture you painted of being on your deathbed and your family surrounding you by God's grace if we get there, right? And we get right. to live an old life and we get to see right. our kids and potentially grandkids. It's that picture that allows us and motivates us to say no to a lot of dumb things. When right. something comes along that's tempting, whether that be sinful stuff or even just should I put in these extra right. 20 hours at work or take on that extra hobby or do whatever, like it just allows you to say no so that you can say right. yes to the things that actually matter. And the things that are going to matter on that deathbed are, are your kids and your wife and your relationship with yeah. Jesus, not all the other dumb stuff that we often get entangled with. So, dude, I think it's yep. huge for us to be reminded of that picture and have it on the front of our mind as often as possible. Bro, thank you for pointing us to Jesus today. Thank you for hanging out. I know that you got a lot going on, so it means a lot to me that you took the time to hang out, man. Man, I I loved it. it. I loved it, man. It's a good time. Thanks for for letting me talk about dad stuff. That's that's a unique thing, uh, and I loved it. (laughs) Awesome, man. Well, we'll have to do it again sometime. Thank you, bro. Sounds good. 